you so much, Pastor Blake. But uh, blessing to be with you all uh, to this week. Uh, we've enjoyed getting to see all, uh, all of you again and uh, get to know uh, some new faces. And God's been good. And so we're excited uh, to get to. I'm excited to get to preach to you this afternoon. Uh, if you have your Bible, if you could go with me to the Book of Acts, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 16 uh, for the service today. And um, we're going to see the light of the gospel comes to Philippi. And uh, so you're going to see a city that uh, did not have the gospel, did not have the light uh, of the gospel. And you're going to see how God changed lives. And what I love about this chapter uh, is that we get to see some individual stories. Uh, not just, uh, and sometimes you read the book of Acts and it's, uh, Paul goes to this town and there's, uh, you know, some people saved or many people saved or many believed. Uh, and you kind of forget that each of those large numbers or each of those uh, people mentioned are individuals. Uh, they're just like you and I. They're just people that uh, are living their life different, maybe walks of life, maybe different uh, professions and things they do for a living. Uh, but they're people that need the gospel. And so we're going to uh, look at some of their stories today uh, in uh, Acts chapter 16. Uh, I want to read uh, to begin this uh, morning. Why don't we uh, stand as we read, uh, stretch your legs, and we'll read Acts uh, chapter 16, verses 10 uh, through 12 to begin with this morning. It says, And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were there in the city, abiding certain days. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we get to uh, be your messengers. I pray, Lord, that you help us today, uh, as was preached this morning, as we saw in the video presentation, Lord, that we would uh, have a missions heart, a heart uh, to see people come to know you, a heart to see churches and the Bible being taught all across the world. Lord, uh, do a work in my heart and do a work in the hearts of each person here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and so you may be seated. Um, and we're going to see uh, in this uh, chapter, if you, uh, a little bit of the background, uh, just that Paul, he was trying to go into Asia. It was Asia Minor, and he would end up going there later in Ephesus. Uh, and, uh, but he was trying to go into Asia, and the Holy Spirit uh, told him no. God was redirecting him. God was uh, showing him this is... Uh, I have a different plan, uh, and then uh, they see the Macedonian vision, and they, they realize that the Lord is calling them to go into Macedonia. And uh, the first big city they come to, uh, in verse uh, 12 there, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. Uh, and uh, Macedonia, if you look on a world map, if you look at uh, Philippi, uh, if you look at the country of Greece today, and uh, you look in the far eastern part, of Greece, this is where uh, they're coming to, uh, and they'd come there from what would now be modern-day Turkey, and so they crossed over a little body of water, uh, and they come to this town of Philippi, and uh, it's a chief city. It's a big city. Uh, it's an important city in the Roman Empire, uh, in the colony of Macedonia, and the or Macedonia that district, uh, and they come to this city, uh, and I want you to imagine this is a city where the gospel has not yet reached. Uh, Paul has been preaching, uh, the people in Jerusalem, they've gone out into Judea and Samaria, they've been reaching people, and the gospel is expanding, but it is yet to come uh, to Philippi. And God, through the Macedonian vision, through 
uh, directing Paul, uh, has brought Paul and his team, uh, also has uh, Silas and Timothy, and they are uh, come to this city with the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, the town of Philippi is like uh, many uh, towns or us today, uh, and it's like uh, people anywhere is that we all have sin. We've all sinned against God. We're all uh, born as a sinner, and we sin, and we uh, break God's laws. We sin against God. And uh, they were a town that was, because of sin, uh, you know, they were in idolatry. They were in all kinds of evil spirits. They were in all kinds of uh, immoral lifestyles. And sin was running rampant, uh, and it was a city filled with darkness, a city filled with uh, no hope, without any light, a city where uh, it was the forces of evil. And uh, the saddest thing is that because of sin, because of being separated from God, because of not knowing of the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, they were a city that was condemned, a city that uh, was without hope. And people, when they would die, would be separated from God for eternity uh, in hell. And this is uh, describing Philippi, but it's really describing anywhere uh, where there is no gospel, where the gospel light has not reached, where people are without Christ. Uh, and today there are hundreds of cities like this. There's uh, places all around the world. Uh, we just saw the video of Santa Barbara, a place where very little gospel witness at all. And uh, we see places around the world where there is not the gospel light shining, where there isn't uh, people being reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. I remember when we were in China, the second city we were in uh, is the city of Jidan, China. It was a city of about 8 million people. And uh, the most famous place in the city was one was a, uh, it's called uh, like the Big Clear Lake. Uh, and then the second famous place in the city was called Thousand Buddha Mountain. And those were the two big landmarks. And uh, you would just go and hike the mountain. We hiked it several times. At the top would be all kinds of temples. Uh, you could see the whole city from, the, uh, from that mountain. Uh, and you would just look out and you realize there's millions of people living here. I think the population is like 8 million uh, and there's millions of people living here, and very, very, very few know anything about the Bible. Very, very few know anything about God, know anything about Jesus Christ. Well, Philippi was a place like this. Uh, I want to read a verse to you in Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. It says this, The land of uh, Zebulon and the land of Nephilim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. Uh, and that was describing the area uh, where Jesus uh, in Galilee, uh, where Jesus in Nazareth and that surrounding area uh, where he was uh, growing up uh, and began his ministry. Uh, and it was describing how it was a city which sat in darkness, but because of Jesus, they saw a great light. They saw a great light. Uh, it says, to them which sat in the region of shadow of death, light is sprung up. And uh, not just that region, but any region uh, that uh, got to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that the news of the gospel, Christ dying for our sins, being buried and rising, rising from the dead, uh, when that gospel goes forward, the people that are in darkness, they see a great light. And uh, so many times we forget that the world we are living in is a world where people are in darkness, where people do not have the light, and Jesus is that light, and they need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so when Paul and uh, his, his team that is with them, when they get to Philippi, uh, they begin preaching the gospel. And it says in uh, verse 13, uh, it says, And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a river, 
side where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which were resorted thither. Uh, and now you study uh, the book of Acts, and you find out that Paul, many times he would go to uh, the synagogue. And the synagogue was a place where the Jewish uh, people that were, uh, they weren't in Israel, they were out in all these different Gentile lands. Uh, but if there was enough of them, they would gather and they would worship God on the Sabbath day. Uh, and Paul would use that as an opportunity since he was a Jew. He would go there and they would usually let him speak. And he would share with them the gospel that Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus is the fulfillment of these prophecies in the Old Testament that talked about a Savior, a Messiah that would come. And uh, some of the, uh, the Jews usually would be very mad at him. And some of them would uh, believe on Christ. And that was his custom. And it was a great uh, thing for him to do. Uh, but in Philippi, there is no synagogue. Uh, and probably there was not enough Jewish uh, men or enough people there for them to have a synagogue. Uh, but he finds out that there's this place by the river uh, where people that were seeking God or were wanting to pray, were wanting to uh, talk about God, where they would go uh, in worship. And there he meets a lady uh, named Lydia. And so we're going to look at her story. And we're going to see different stories here. We're going to see a story of a, uh, of a Lydia. She was a businesswoman that was seeking God. Uh, and let's look at verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, of the city of Thyatira, who, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, and come into my house and abide there, and she constrained us. Uh, and so we see a couple things from this, this lady, uh, Lydia, from her story here. Uh, the first thing we see is that just worshiping God and praying is not enough. Uh, just worshiping God and praying. She was a lady that was seeking God, but she was not a lady that was saved yet. She had not heard the gospel. Uh, maybe she had uh, met some Jews and she had heard about the creator God, the God that uh, made the world and how uh, maybe she had read the, uh, some of the Old Testament scriptures and maybe she uh, knew that you could pray to God and ask God to help in your life. And so she was seeking God. She was seeking to know God. But she didn't know Jesus Christ. And uh, today there's many people uh, that they are seeking God or they are uh, praying to God. Maybe they're worshiping God, but they've not heard the gospel. And just uh, them praying, just them saying uh, uh, prayers to God or just them uh, wanting to learn more about God, it's not enough. They must hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They must hear about what Jesus did for them on the cross of Calvary. Uh, and so she was seeking God, but she was not yet uh, saved. She did not know the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, the, also, the other thing we notice is that it says, whose heart the Lord opened. And so she heard the gospel and God did a work in her heart. God uh, helped her realize her need of Jesus, her need of a savior. And uh, the Lord worked and opened her heart and she was attentive. She listened uh, to the things that Paul was speaking. And he was speaking the gospel. He was telling her the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that makes me think in our lives, there's many people around us Maybe we've witnessed to them. Maybe we've uh, given them a gospel track. Maybe we've uh, tried to uh, tell them the good news. Let's pray for God to open their hearts. Let's pray for God to do a work in their hearts and them to realize that they need Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, right now, Nancy and I, there's many different people that, and they're in New York that we've been witnessing to. 
Uh, and they're still coming to church occasionally. They're still wanting to learn uh, more. And uh, they're not um, closed and saying, I don't want to hear from you anymore. They're still uh, responding to our messages, but they're yet to trust Christ as their Savior. And so would you pray with us that God would open their hearts, uh, that they would be like Lydia and realize their need of a Savior. Maybe you have family members, maybe you have neighbors and friends that are like that, uh, and they know a little bit. Maybe they're, uh, they're not uh, rejecting you, but pray God would open their hearts and that they would come to know Christ as their Savior. Uh, and so we see uh, Lydia here, uh, the Lord opens her heart, she uh, believes on Christ, uh, and then next it says, and when she was baptized in her household, she besought us saying, if you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there, and she constrained us. Not only did she get saved, but she wanted to serve the Lord. Uh, from the beginning, she opened her house to the Apostle Paul and uh, the people that were with him, uh, spreading the gospel. And if you keep reading uh, uh, the rest of this story, and we're going to go through it, but look down at verse 40. Uh, verse number 40, it says, And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comfort them, comforted them and departed. And so when Paul leaves Philippi, uh, it seems like the brethren, the, the other believers, the people that had believed on Christ, they would congregate at Lydia's house. And so Lord was uh, using her. She was willing to serve. She was willing to open her house. And it seems like maybe that's where the church there at Philippi was meeting. Uh, and uh, God used her to be instrumental in the church at Philippi getting started. And so you have this, uh, this lady, she was a seller of purple. Uh, she was uh, maybe a, a, a business lady. She would trade, buy, and sell. Uh, and she had this business, and she was uh, seeking God, but she didn't know the gospel yet. And God uh, sent Paul and, and Silas, and they came, and uh, they came there, and they preached to her the good news of Jesus Christ. And God did a work in her heart. You know, how many people are like that right here in Sacramento? How many Lydia's are there? How many people, maybe they go to a, uh, maybe they're going to a Catholic church or they're going to a, uh, a religious place or maybe they're, uh, they, they've been to church when they were younger. They're seeking God. They, they, they're not opposed to it, but they uh, do not know the truth of the gospel. We have an opportunity to share with them the good news. Uh, and so we see uh, God working in Lydia's life. That's the first thing. Next we see uh, a, a slave, uh, a girl that was a slave uh, who was, um, had a demon or was uh, possessed by a devil. Look down uh, in verse 16. Uh, it says, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and unto the rulers. Uh, and we'll read more down a little bit later about the persecution that Paul faces because of this. Uh, but this uh, damsel or this young girl, she was a, a slave and she had these evil owners and they realized that she was possessed with the devil, and this devil would enable her to do some sort of soothsaying, some sort of like fortune-telling, some sort of uh, giving people, uh, maybe telling people's futures or something like that. And uh, she would do this, and her masters would have the control, and uh, they would get a lot of money from this. 
And uh, she followed Paul and uh, the people with him as they would go to prayer, as they'd go to preach the gospel. And uh, she said something that's interesting, or the demon that was possessing her, and said, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. So nothing wrong there with what was being said, but it probably was a distraction. I can imagine uh, Paul's getting uh, preaching, or he's getting ready to go preach, and all of a sudden this girl is following, and people are distracted, and it causes a commotion, and uh, Paul's not able to minister and preach like he wants to. And finally, he's had enough. It says, him being grieved, he turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out in the same hour. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Before Paul and Silas came there, uh, a lady like this that was uh, in bondage to Satan, there was no hope. There was no way for her to be free. There was no name that would drive the demon out. Uh, the, Jesus, uh, the good news, had not come uh, to that town. And uh, through uh, Paul uh, there, God allowed him to, in the name of Jesus, to drive the, to cast the demon out of her. And it says he came out the same hour. You know, today, uh, people in bondage, if they come to know Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ will free them from Satan's power. The Holy Spirit will move in. The moment a person believes on Christ as their Savior, the Holy Spirit of God moves in. God, the Holy Spirit. And we know that he is greater that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what it says in 1 John 4, 4. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so when the Holy Spirit moves in, that that demon, the devil, or maybe it's uh, bondage of sin and uh, addictions or whatever it might be, uh, that is uh, not powerful enough. The Holy Spirit has more power. The Holy Spirit moves in and takes control, and you can have freedom in Jesus Christ. You can be free. But think about before they came, before the gospel came, the people didn't know about Jesus. They didn't know about the Holy Spirit. They didn't know uh, about this. And, and God, through the Apostle Paul, allowed the gospel to go forward in, in Philippi. And they were uh, diligent to preach the gospel. And this young lady, she was freed by the power of Jesus Christ. You know, today there's people all around the world and they are in bondage. Bondage and, and devil possession and demons. Bondage to all kinds of sinful addictions. Bondage and slaves to darkness and sin. And think about it, if they don't have the good news, they have no hope. They have no hope. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us if this, this lady, uh, this young damsel, if she uh, comes to know Christ as her Savior, and uh, hopefully she did, but uh, we can know this, that she was freed from that demon by the power of Jesus Christ. And there are people all around us that if they would come to know Jesus Christ, uh, they would be freed uh, from uh, demons, be freed from all kinds of sinful uh, things that are dragging them down. And they could have life and hope in Jesus Christ. But that's if the gospel comes. I remember when we were in Taiwan, uh, there was, uh, Taiwan is a very uh, modern country. I mean, they have a bullet train. It goes like 200 miles an hour. Uh, They have the Taiwan 101 tower. It's like 101 floors tall. We went up to the top of it. Uh, You can see for miles. It's like super modern. And you would think in this super modern place that, uh, you know, you wouldn't see uh, what we saw. But in this super modern place, uh, there was uh, uh, temples on every corner. And they would have a month in August, and they would put out food on tables, and it was called the Demon Month. 
and they would put this food out on the tables for the demons to come eat at night. Uh, and uh, they would um, have a, I remember going into a temple and seeing a, uh, uh, this elaborate temple and on the place where there's usually a statue of Buddha or a statue of a, uh, some sort of God figure, there was just a rock. And it was the temple of the rock. And uh, they worshipped that rock. And that rock was what they worshipped. Uh, and you would think, wow, you wouldn't imagine that. But just like you read the Old Testament and you find out about the idols that they're worshipping, that is what they are worshipping. And there's places like that around the world. And they're in bondage and they are in, uh, controlled by these evil forces but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They need to know Jesus and the power of Jesus, and they could be free. And so think about today, in, in, our, in this city right here in Sacramento area, are there people that are in bondage to Satan that could be freed if they knew the good news of Jesus Christ? And so we see Lydia, we see this, uh, this slave girl that was possessed with an evil spirit, uh, and then we see a jailer that wanted to kill himself. Uh, and so because of this... Uh, uh, Paul casting this demon out, these owners, they are upset. They're like, wow, our, our, our ability to make money is over. And so they get really mad. Uh, and let's see what they do to Paul and Silas. Uh, it says, in when her, uh, verse 20, and, when, and brought them to the magistrates saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Uh, and so this jailer, you get to know him, and you realize, wow, he is, he's a very diligent jailer. They're like, don't let this guy go. And he's like, okay. I'm going to put all the things, I, all the chains I got, all the stocks I got, I'm going to put them in the very back of the prison. And so he gets Paul and Silas, and he holds them fast in the prison. There's no way out. Uh, and uh, you might think about him, uh, and you see him as just a, a, a jailer. Somebody that's working at, for the government there that's uh, having to obey orders, and he is just going all out. He is not going to let these prisoners go free. I remember in China, we, we had some run-ins with the... Uh, well, we never actually ran into the police at the wrong time, but we'd have run-ins where uh, anytime you move in China, you move houses, you go visit another city, if you don't stay at a, like a really nice hotel, you have to go register at the police station. And uh, that's always a very nervous thing. Like every time you move, anytime you go to a new city, uh, you can't just stay at an Airbnb. You have to go register at the police station. The landlord has to give you paperwork. And you see these people there that are they're just very uh, there and very strict. And it's very scary. I always would go in and we'd be a little nervous. Uh, but uh, God always got us through that. But uh, this is a jailer. He's somebody like that. He's just working. He's just following orders. Uh, and he is going to keep these prisoners uh, safe. That is in his mind. But God has a different plan. God is going to do a great work. Uh, let's look and uh, keep going here. It says, uh, verse 25, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straight away. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoicing, believing in God with all his house. Uh, and so we see this hardened jailer, this, uh, he's going to want to kill himself, uh, but God uh, has saves his soul. He hears the gospel and he believes on Jesus Christ. Uh, and we notice a few things here. First off, Paul and Silas are in persecution. They're in trouble, but yet they are full of joy. They are full of joy. What are they doing in the middle of the night in prison, in the fast in the stocks? They got all kinds of chains on them. Uh, what are they doing? They are singing praises uh, to God. And um, uh, it says they prayed and sang praises unto God. You see, for a believer, true joy doesn't come from your circumstances. Many times you, we think, if I had just had more money, if I just had more uh, uh, pleasure, if I could get this thing to work out right, if uh, this person would just uh, make peace with me and we could get this relationship fixed, then I would be happy. But you know what? True joy in the Bible doesn't come from your circumstances. It comes from your relationship with God. Paul and Silas were in doing God's will. They were preaching the gospel and they were filled with joy uh, and they were praising God. Uh, and also you would think about it. These uh, men had just come and beat them. The jailer had just put them into the stocks. If somebody did that to me, I would be very tempted to want revenge. How dare they come and take my clothes and whip me? And how dare they come and uh, do all these horrible things to me? How dare they put me into prison? I want to get back. If I had the chance, oh, that jailer, he is gone. But that's not what Paul and Silas uh, wanted. They wanted to have, help him realize who Jesus is and to believe on Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven, hath forgiven you. Uh, and so in, in Christ, we see he forgave us, he loved us uh, while we were yet sinners. And so we shouldn't want uh, people to say, I want revenge. I want that person to be taken out. We should want them to repent and come to know Christ as their Savior. Uh, the jailer here, he is amazed by the earthquake. He's afraid for his life. If the prisoners escape, uh, not only will he lose his job, he'll probably lose his head in that custom of that day. Uh, and so he, the earthquake comes, the prison doors are open, he thinks everybody's escaped, and he, he's about to kill himself. He takes his sword out, uh, he's going to kill himself, uh, but Paul uh, warns him and says, do yourself no harm, do thyself no harm. He says, we are all here, we are all here. And this man is trembling, he's afraid, he thinks he's dead. He's like, my bosses, the prisoners are loose, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my head, uh, and I'm done. Paul says, we're still here. And he comes trembling and he asks a question. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And this is the question of the ages. This is a great question. And notice how Paul responds in Silas. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Notice Paul didn't say get baptized. Paul didn't say uh, come to church more. Paul didn't say uh, give more money. Paul didn't say uh, do more good works. He says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, why do we need to be saved? Why do we need salvation? It's because we've all sinned against God. We are all condemned by our sin. We are all guilty before God. None of us can stand before God and say, God, I am perfect. I did everything exactly like you told me to. No way. And the Bible says our sin separates us from God. The Bible says that uh, uh, 
that the wages of sin is death. And the fact is that because of our sin, we're going to be separated from God for all eternity. God is holy. He is just. He's not going to dwell uh, with sin. And so as sinners that have sinned against God, as sinners, uh, we are, have no way to uh, be reconciled to God on our own. But praise the Lord for Jesus Christ. Nothing we could do, nothing we could say, nothing we could, uh, no religion we can make up uh, could ever save us. But Jesus can save us. And God sent Jesus into this world and he came and he died on a cross for our sin. What did he say when he was on that cross? He said, it is finished. And he died, he was buried, and three days later he rose from the dead. And what he did is sufficient to pay for our sins. What he did can give us salvation. He is the, uh, the only way of salvation. We must believe on him, put our faith in him alone to save us, and we uh, shall be saved. And that is the message that Paul and, and Silas told to this jailer. Notice that uh, this jailer will get baptized, uh, but it's not in order to be saved. It's because he's already uh, trusted Christ as his Savior. He's already believed on Christ, and out of obedience uh, and as a testimony, he is baptized. Look at this in verse 33. And he took them and the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoicing, rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Uh, and so it wasn't like the, Paul said, all right, let's just baptize everybody so they can get saved. It wasn't that at all. They all personally, individually believed on Jesus Christ. And as a testimony that they'd been saved, they were baptized. Uh, you notice this with Lydia, too. It was also the Bible there uh, talks about Lydia in verse 15. Uh, and it says, and when she was baptized in her household. Uh, and so we see not only did the jailer get saved, not only did Lydia get saved, but also their families got saved. And uh, I don't know exactly how that worked, and, but I can see that they invited their family to come hear the gospel as well. They invited their family uh, to hear the good news of salvation. And uh, it wasn't just them getting saved and like, all right, I'm on my way to heaven. I don't care about the rest of my family. They had a heart and they made sure their family members uh, heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we see this church at Philippi, uh, and it's, it's a uh, place where there wasn't a large Jewish population. There's a place, there was no synagogue, but the gospel went forth. And I think about this, and I, I don't know why I really identify with this story, but I think the part that really, I really identify with is these were regular people, different walks of life, individuals. They had a story, and they had their problems, and they had uh, things going on, but what they needed most was the good news of Jesus Christ. And the gospel came, and Lydia trusted Christ as her Savior. Her family got saved. The slave girl possessed by the demon was freed from the demon. Uh, probably she was saved as well, trusted Christ as her Savior. Uh, we see uh, the jailer and his family accept Christ. And all of a sudden, in a short matter of time, uh, the church at Philippi is being started there. And Paul is going to leave, and later on he's going to write a letter. And the book of Philippians is a letter to this church that we see the start of it uh, in this passage today. Today, uh, in our city, are there people like Lydia? Are there people like this girl uh, possessed by the devil? Are there, or by a demon? Are there people that uh, are maybe have a hard job and a jailer that's working somewhere and he, uh, he's just doing what his master orders? Are there people like this? There are. We know them. We work with them. We live near them. And think about how their story could be so different if we would share the gospel with them. 
Think about people in uh, China. Think about people in Africa. Think about people around the world. And they're living in cities just like Philippi. But yet the gospel hasn't gone. There's not somebody preaching. There's not a church like this there. There's not people going out and knocking doors. There's not people going and uh, sharing tracks with them and how they can be saved. And they're going to perish. And they're going to spend eternity without God. Unless they hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so what will you do? And I don't know where your situation is. I don't know how God's working in your heart. But I know our life has been preached this week. Our life isn't about just being comfortable for ourselves. Our life is about getting these people the good news of Jesus Christ. What will you do in this church to try to bring people in, to try to uh, disciple and share the good news of Jesus Christ with people? What will you do through your missions giving around the world? What might God have for your future? Maybe he would have you go plant a church one day. Maybe he would call you to be a missionary. I don't know how God is going to work. But I know there are cities, there are places, there are neighborhoods right around us where there might be a Lydia, there might be a jailer, police officer, doesn't know Christ. There might be a young person in bondage to Satan and uh, all kinds of demonic things. But God can save. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God into salvation. What are we going to do to give people the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for telling us these stories. God, it encourages my heart. God, help me to have a heart to reach people. Lord, there's people right around where Nancy and I are at in New York City that need you. Lord, there's people right around uh, Bible Fellowship Baptist Church where they need you. And God, we have the light. We have the good news. God, put it on our hearts what we need to do. Lord, whether that's uh, walking across the street, uh, giving out tracts at the grocery store, giving to missions to support the work around the world. Lord, I don't know what areas you're working in our lives. But Lord, help us never lose this heart. Help us never uh, forget about the need around the world. And help us to give our lives to serving you and reaching others with the good news of Jesus Christ. God, I need you. I pray you work in our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.